Hello, friends. My name is Mike. Thank you for joining me today on Up North Rocks, Northern Ontario's only climbing podcast. Listen to me, Annie. I don't care how experienced you are. A smart climber always wears a belt and suspenders. Dad. Two cams are safe. Three's even better. Dad. Not kidding, Annie. Nobody's going anywhere until you put another cam in the wall. Dad, I have three cams. He's just yanking your chain. What the? This route is sandbagged. There's no way this is 5'5". Five five. This is like 5'8". D. With support from Furnace Industries, makers of gym-safe indoor mixed and climbing training tools. Check out the tools, dry tooling holds, and their selection of replacement front points and dry tooling picks at FurnaceIndustries.com. Use coupon code UPNORTHROCKS for a discount on your first order. Hi folks. Apologies for the long gap in episodes. It's been a wild few months over here. Today's episode is one that has been on the horizon for a while now, an interview with the guy who keeps the Thunder Bay climbing scene going, Eric Fishman. I have had a ton of requests from folks wanting to hear from Eric, and his name has come up in almost every single episode of the podcast so far, which says a lot about how much he does for climbing in Thunder Bay. Eric is the owner and head guide of Outdoor Skills and Thrills, Thunder Bay's only rock and ice guiding service, and he's also the author of Thunder Bay Climbing, A Guide to Northwestern Ontario's Best Kept Secret, which as of this spring is in its second edition. If you haven't gotten your hands on a copy of the book yet, definitely hit up Eric to pick one up. You will not be disappointed. Featuring high-quality topos and drone footage and over 300 new routes, this book is a must-have for anyone climbing in Northern Ontario. Stay tuned for details on the book launch party coming up in the next couple of weeks. You can find Eric's contact info in the show notes to pick up a copy of the book or to book a guided adventure or workshop, or all three. Regardless, it's money well spent. So with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with guide and guidebook author Eric Fishman. Hey Eric, how you doing? Good, bro. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for uh, for sitting down. This has been uh, a long time coming. Hell yeah. There's been a number of people that have been like, so when are you going to have Eric on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm glad that uh, we're finally doing this. And the timing is good because obviously there's something exciting happening uh, right around now. Yeah. Just put out a new book. Yeehaw. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll get to talking about the new book, but let's just start from the, the very basics. Um, my name is Eric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where are you from? <laughs> so, I originally come from... So, I'm from Southern Ontario, uh, just north of Toronto, York Region. Um, yeah. Came up here in 2016. Cool. And when did you start climbing? Because you started down there, right? Yeah. Uh, started climbing... Well, the very first like introduction to climbing was... Uh, it was over 20 years ago. Um, I can't calculate right now off the top of my head. Uh, let's say 25 years, 20-ish years. Um, when a portable climbing wall company came to my high school. Cool. Uh, I was in grade nine. And they just came and they set up like a mini bouldering wall and a, like a ropes course. Like mm-hmm. um, a rope that was hanging and they're like, they put on some press cords and you could learn to ascend. Cool. And a zip line. It was all in the gymnasium. 
And uh, that was my first like exposure to climbing. Uh, every class had the opportunity to go and play for a period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fell in love. Like I had so much fun right away that I asked my teachers, I'm like, hey, do you mind if I like stay here? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, stay. like clearly you really like this. Stay as long as you want. Um, and so I asked the, the people who were running it, I'm like, do you mind if I stay? And they're like, yeah, stay as long as you want. Uh, so I literally spent like almost the entire day on that stuff. And then, uh, when I went home and I was like talking to my brother about how awesome it was, uh, he's a year older than me. And he was like, Hey, I, you know, I have actually a friend who climbs. He's been climbing for a long time. I should just hook you two up. And that was and so his name is Ben Eisman and he, he was like, yeah, come on out climbing with me. And so that was my first exposure to actual climbing. Cool. Yeah. Wow. Sweet. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if only those, uh, the folks running that portable climbing wall could see you now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True. Eh? <laughs> Little did they know what they started. Yeah. They, they created a beast. Yeah. Um, but I'd always been like climbing, even as like a young kid, I would climb anything mm-hmm. like, yeah, trees, you my parents would always say like you know look up in the trees if eric's not on the ground so it's like yeah it's always been in my blood i think cool that's sweet um and then did you like between starting in grade nine and moving up here for school were you getting out like more and more throughout that time yeah like well not even more and more like immediately uh from that first after that first exposure i literally went climbing five or six days a week. Sweet. Uh, it was an obsession right away. Cool. Um, back then there was a really sweet, it, it was the tallest uh, wall, whether it was in Canada or just Ontario, it was called Rock Oasis. There's mm-hmm. still a Rock Oasis, but it's not as tall now. Um, but awesome 60 foot walls. Sweet. And it was kind of grungy, but really awesome. Nice. Um, and climbed, li- yeah, quite literally went there five, six days a week and spent all of my time, all of my money, um, there. Nice. And Ben, my original mentor, my brother's friend, he took me out. Um, there's a bunch of outdoor climbing in Southern Ontario, mm-hmm. like Rattlesnake Point and, uh, Nemo and, um, so many different places. Wow. I'm actually forgetting the names of some of them right now. It's been so long. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you're, you're not a lot of places Ontario in Collingwood, anymore. Metcalf Rock and Lion's Head. Um, so we would go out all the time. Sweet. Yeah. All the time. So when you showed up to to start going to school at Lakehead, you were already rare to go. I was a climber. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'd been on a number of trips. The first year uh, that I started climbing, I had already started going on climbing trips. Sweet. Like the very first year that I climbed, Ben was like, hey, you want to go to the gunks? Because he had already been climbing for 15 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We started going on trips right away. He was a really good mentor because he was really highly experienced uh, and super stoked. Still is. Like, he just bought a copy of my book. Nice. Um, And, yeah. The very first year, I went to the Gunks. Mm -hmm. Um, That same year, I think, went to Red River Gorge. And it's been... It was just non-stop. Like, whether it was climbing in the gyms or climbing in Southern Ontario or going on trips... Um, so that stayed consistent from then until now, you know, I mean, you see how often I climb now. Mm -hmm. It's the same kind of thing. Like I just haven't stopped. Awesome. 
Very awesome. And then, so you moved up here and went to, like, started the direct program, correct? Yeah. Cool. Um, and was, like, did you know about Northern Ontario climbing in choosing Lakehead? That was, that's an interesting kind of story. I'll sum it up as quickly as I can. But, uh, so I, I was a wilderness survival instructor in mm-hmm. Southern Ontario and the guy, uh, with wilderness survival school of Canada, the guy who ran it, uh, it's named David Arama okay. and he, ever since I was, so I was, um, running trips with him as an assistant ever since I was 13. Um, and he would constantly say, cause he also knew that I was into climbing that I had to come to Thunder Bay. There was just something he, he every, every year he was like, you should really, whenever you can go to Thunder Bay. Cool. And so, uh, me and my brother started a guiding company in Southern Ontario, um, called Overhang Adventures. And that was a mix of climbing and canoeing and kayaking and hiking. Uh, and at some point, I don't even remember exactly when it was, I my memory of it is I was coming back from a trip to the Red River Gorge mm-hmm. and we were planning, uh, me and my brother were planning a guided trip uh, with a group and uh, there were some things that we needed to figure out in order to expand the business and it just struck in my mind something that Dave or Emma had always said, you know, there's a really cool program, mm-hmm. uh, outdoor rec program in Thunder Bay and you have to check it out just the area thunder bay mm-hmm. so i think it was at that point as i was driving back with a crew of people from the red that i looked it up i was like okay where's thunder bay maybe i'll go to lakehead university to learn how to expand like more skills to expand the guiding company mm-hmm. that me and my brother started uh and that was kind of how i've i didn't know anything about the climbing here mm-hmm. um it was just a way to expand our previously existing company Mm -hmm. but then as soon as i got here like oh my god instantly fell in love as a climber already uh coming here was like this is like paradise such a such a beautiful and at that time it was kind of untapped Mm -hmm. like so many cliffs that were not truly explored and there was a lot of climbing uh but a lot more that hadn't been done. So it was like, yeah, that was kind of the, my, like how I figured out. I came to Thunder Bay in that way. It mm-hmm. was like to come to the rec program and learn to expand the guiding company. So. Cool. Yeah, and then the, the, the how awesome the climbing was just was like oh, a, a bonus. It was a huge bonus. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, actually, like the, it was the same kind of thing as like when I mentioned the, I would ask the teacher about the indoor climbing portable climbing wall i was like can i go stay here for a little while longer it was same with all the professors at university i was like do you mind if i uh go climbing like i would be very honest i'm like Mm -hmm. i'm gonna do all my work but do you mind if i just like skip this class (laughs) and go climbing nice and they were like you know as as long as you get it all done and i did manage to get everything done with good grades cool Um, that's yeah. ideal. Yeah, I mean, it fits fits well into outdoor rec to yeah, do to some, let you do some extra outdoor rec activities. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, this would have been like, I don't know. 2007. 2007, okay, until, cool. So I moved here just before going into university mm-hmm. uh, with uh, 
my girlfriend at the time, she used to live here. Mm -hmm. uh, so we drove up together and my brother as well came. Uh, and she exposed me to the climbing here. Like on the very first day, she's like, we got to go check out the bluffs. Cool. And so day one, we went to the bluffs. And Sweet. I was like, this is pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Right in town. Mm -hmm. uh, that was two. So yeah, t spent a bit of time. And then 2007 is when I started the university program. Cool. Yeah. And uh, what, like in in the like mid to late 2000s what was the the scene like at that point who who were the big players that kind of thing uh well the alpine club was um quite prominent mm -hmm. um so there was people like frank pianca mm -hmm. who i met pretty quickly because he also came um to do programming with the rec department mm. Uh, so I met him right away and thought he was awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, so there was that. And then there was a lot of people in the rec program. Like at first, I just um, was hanging out with all my buddies in the program. So mm -hmm. like it was like myself, Fred Giroux, mm -hmm. uh, John Hallway, Joey Miller, Terry Milne, um, Ben Fouchard, all these really awesome people who we they hadn't necessarily been climbing before but i exposed them to it mm -hmm. uh and they quickly took on to it um but other than that there was people like nick buddha who was quite prominent uh especially for ice mm -hmm. i remember that first season uh that i was here he was the first person that i went ice climbing with cool um and I'll never forget the very first time I went out, it was to White Lightning. Uh, I come up with in my ski boots and uh, axes in my hands. And he's like, okay. He set up a rope and he told me, okay, now it's my turn. Mm -hmm. And I started walking up to the ice with ice axes in my hands. He's like, what do you think you're doing? I was like, I'm going to go ice climbing. He's like, take those tools out of your hands. Uh, and he was like, climb the ice without any ice axes at first like, cool. this is your first time and it was like that was a monumental moment for me i was like mm -hmm. holy moly this is hard but mm -hmm. i quickly figured out that it's all about the feet mm -hmm. um in terms of other rock prominent rock people um it's, man it was so long ago at this point i'm actually totally. lapsing on memory with that's yeah, going on 20 years yeah but there was people like um uh chris chapman mm -hmm. for sure uh he him i remember quite well still hang out with him uh Teresa harris um mike oh what's his last name um i don't remember his last name but very uh interesting character like mm -hmm. always uh, always love to get out. Cool. And, um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, there was so a many. lot of names and faces over the years, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and yeah, like, as you're reaching for the book, yeah, as like, I'm reaching that is for the, the, that is the compendium of all the names. This like, is the original, yeah, there was, oh yeah, like Duncan, mm -hmm. Hutchison and Kyle, and mm -hmm. Pat Martell, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Pat moved here around a similar time, right? Yeah, just a few years before I did. Nice. Um, yeah, those are like the prominent names that I remember from those early days. Mm -hmm. uh, but there was 
a good chunk of other climbers as well. There mm-hmm. wasn't that many. Totally, yeah, like, not nearly as many as there are today. No, not even close to as many as there are today. Also because, like, a lot of the climbers here are quite transient. Like, they come mm-hmm. and they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as an example, like, Brendan Pullen, mm-hmm. he... I, I met him quite early on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's somebody who just keeps coming back. Totally. Right? Like, he went to school here and then fell in love right away and always comes back. Yeah. Yeah, would he have already graduated when you arrived or yes okay. yeah he graduated already yeah cool um so yeah so then i mean that takes us to like 2007 you know you got four years of school um when when did uh outdoor skills and thrills sort of become uh, a thing when did that come into the picture so right after graduating uh from lakehead I worked at Wilderness Supply right away, right mm-hmm. after that. The local gear shop in town. Super mm-hmm. awesome shop. Uh, and worked there for a year. Because uh, I needed to make money to survive, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I always had in the back of my head that I wanted to... So, like, my original... Why I came up to Thunder Bay originally was to gain the skills to expand the guiding company that me and my brother had in southern Ontario. Mm-hmm. My brother kept that up. He kept it going. But I knew right away, like, I'm not going back to southern Ontario. Right. So I still had it in the back of my head that that's what I wanted to do, was guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so while I was working at Wilderness Supply, I was actually still running the... Uh, so I was the manager at the Lakehead University Climbing Wall. Right. For a number of years. Uh, so I still maintained that actually after graduating. Uh, but I also was helping my brother uh, here and there with the guiding company in Southern Ontario mm-hmm. from here in Thunder Bay. Uh, and that's when it started to be like I'm doing a lot of different things. And so I had to like figure out. That was essentially when after working at Wilderness Supply for a year, I was like, I kind of want to do my own thing thing Mm -hmm. because i'm staying here i really love guiding i love teaching people uh so that was like 2013 2014 uh 2013 was when i started guiding people Mm -hmm. i had it under like a different company name at that time it was like thunder bay climbing adventures or something i can't even remember right now it was something like that for sure yeah uh and just started taking people out um, and was working towards making it super official. Uh, and I think it was in very early 2014. What, yeah, it was at, at the end of 2013 was when I decided on the company name, Outdoor Skills and Thrills, and got my certifications and insurance mm-hmm. and made it like super legit, got, made a website, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And that was, that was it. Like, yeah, made it happen. My passion for teaching people was like, um, kept me quite busy. Like my enthusiasm, I would always like post things. And I also had it coming from the tourism, outdoor record parks and tourism. I knew that, uh, and also having a like sincere passion for this region. Uh, I started like posting a lot 
mm-hmm. different things about how awesome this region was and, mm-hmm. and my passion for teaching kind of mixed together with that. Uh, so the company quickly started to grow. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, and then uh, it would have been, I guess, about a year after that or so that I got into climbing. And then it was either like December of 2014 or January of 2015 that uh, we went out together. Yeah. I remember that day to uh, Cascade to Falls. Cascade. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was super awesome. I'll never forget that. Like totally. I've got such a good memory for like almost every outing and all the people that I've taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I very distinctly remember that day. Totally. And I remember making you climb without ice axes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I remember that too. That's a lesson from Nick Buddha right there. Nice. That's cool. Very <laughs> cool. Um, and then it would have been another year and a bit or two years or something like that, that the first book came out, correct? Yeah. 2016. Right. Um, I put, it was right at the end of 2016, uh, right before the winter time. So I put on the book 2017 as the date, mm-hmm. uh, but it really was at the end of 2016. Cool. Um, yeah, that was the first Bible right here. Totally. Yeah, yeah. this thing was such a work of passion. Um, having climbed like a ton of the routes that were already established mm-hmm. and putting up a ton of new routes, I was like, the original guidebook there was a number of different guidebooks in this region Mm -hmm. Uh, i have like a stack of them all the old ones they were all like black and white Mm -hmm. and um really hard to figure out where you were at a lot of the places you're like am i at the right climb am i even at the right crag like Mm -hmm. all these different things they were good but having been a traveled climber Mm -hmm. and seeing how awesome guidebooks could be Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to, like, I felt this region deserved a really good book. Totally. And there was nobody who was going to do it. Mm -hmm. So I was like, it's one of those things where I was like, okay, I'm going to just take it upon myself. Um, Oh, yeah, another one of the OGs were like, yeah, Derek Patola. I remember um, putting together, like, a really crappy document like Mm -hmm. just a bunch of different climbs of all the new climbs Mm -hmm. um and i sent it to derek patola and i'm like what do you think of this Mm -hmm. and he's always so supportive and and enthusiastic he was like this Mm -hmm. is awesome man and i think that uh started the like i was like okay cool somebody thinks that this is cool right i'm gonna make this better now Mm -hmm. and then i'm gonna make that better so it was actually like Oh, probably a few years before I put, yeah, definitely a few years before I put out this first book in 2016, when I started compiling everything Mm -hmm. and making it into like documents that I would share with people. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it got to the point where the document was getting so big and so comprehensive that I'm like, okay, I'm going to make this into a book. Mm -hmm. Um, but originally I reached out to, uh, the people who made the first, the book that I was using the most Mm -hmm current edition at the time Mm -hmm. and i was like how can like can we work together Mm -hmm. uh to make this to make an updated book uh and that's that's a bit of a story but in the end i i realized it was 
they they didn't they don't live in this region anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I realized it was better to just and easier to just do it in the way that I envisioned, mm-hmm. um, and not have to go back and forth a lot. Totally. And that's what. Yeah, I was very proud of this first edition. Totally, uh, that's fantastic. Book. It's it's crazy cool. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, when they first got it, um, a lot of people were, and I'm not even like trying to boast myself, but they were like, "This is the best guidebook I've ever had." And totally. these are like people who travel. Oh yeah, I'm definitely one of those people. Like it's uh, yeah yeah it's it's on par with the uh, you know like Squamish Select or or yeah. books like that for sure. And. I knew right away. So like this went, I didn't even have a sample copy when I was, I just put this from my computer and straight to the printers. I'm like, print me a thousand copies, Mm -hmm. Um, which was damn expensive. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I got this in my hands, when I got this book in my hands, I quickly realized how much I want to change about it. Okay. Uh, Because I'm a little bit of a perfectionist in the way that I'm like, I just want to keep improving on things. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I saw all the things that I would love to change right away. And that's when, well, right now we got second edition here and this totally. edition, I'm pr- I was proud of the first one, mm-hmm. but I am really proud of the, the nice. second edition. Like it's awesome. It's really good. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, let's, let's jump straight into the number two. Um, so, I mean, among other things, there's what, something like 800 new routes in, in the <laughs> second edition? Oh, that would be amazing. Earth. There's like 300, 300 okay. uh, just over 300 new climbs. Okay. Uh, there's new areas. Um, in total, there's just over nine. There's 912. Routes in total. Routes okay. in total. Gotcha. Maybe yeah. That's what I was thinking. And there's so much that I didn't include in here. Like, there's so many areas that are just not visited much anymore. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, yeah, a number of different reasons mm-hmm. for leaving some stuff out. Mm-hmm. But in this book, 912 climbs. Cool. Yeah. And around 300 new ones. Yeah, 300 new climbs. Cool. New that's climbs, exciting. new boulder problems. Right. Yeah, Yeah. true. Yeah, that's another whole thing that there's a lot more of in this book than the past book is there's a lot more boulders. Yeah, because the bouldering is so awesome here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been uh, more and more, it's becoming more popular. Mm-hmm that people are loving to go out i remember like a handful of us would go out bouldering Mm -hmm. Uh, also because it's like logistically a bit challenging with Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of them being in talus fields Mm -hmm. so you need a bunch of pads and a bunch of spotters or you're gonna like break your neck Mm -hmm. Um, but over the years we've developed more and more boulders that are in really cool spots with with great landings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that totally so yeah, there's a there's a buttload of boulders now outlined in this book. Yeah, yeah, including a whole uh, whole bunch of them at the outbreak wall. Yeah, there's like two dozen at least mm-hmm. boulders. And last week I went out with um, with Ryan and Nicole and Brent to the outbreak wall, and we put up another like I don't know half a no, almost a dozen Sweet. new problems just in one day. Really easy. Uh, to do that like yeah you've walked have you walked the base trail no you haven't even gone to the second cliff line yeah i walked oh a good chunk God. of the base trail once but that's it yeah <laughs> yeah there's so many boulders there it's it's like mind-blowing cool and a lot of them are in the forest it's like squamish like mm-hmm. almost where you have like beautiful landings mm-hmm. so it's really cool Very and the stoke cool. is up yeah totally 
really strong climbers now in this region too. Definitely. Right. A lot of strong people. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So speaking of the outbreak wall, let's talk about the outbreak wall for a yeah. minute. Yeah. My um, pride and joy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, for those that aren't familiar with it, the outbreak wall is a, one of the, the sweet new crags in town and it is featured heavily in the new book. So if you uh, are looking for beta on the outbreak wall, you should pick up a copy of uh, the new version of the book. Um, but yeah, tell us, tell us a bit about the outbreak wall. Give it a description for people that aren't familiar. Quick description. It's an absolutely epic cliff line. It's two kilometers long. It's all on uh, crown land, public land. Uh, it's got really cool variation of walls. Like it's very, um, unique rock. It's got a bunch of like pillars mm-hmm. and really cool corners and, Awesome face climbing, awesome crack climbing, really good mix climbing, tons Mm -hmm. of boulders. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's two kilometers long of cliffs. We haven't, and there's, there's an entirely other, so I call them cliff line number one, cliff line number two. Mm -hmm. That we've explored quite extensively. Cliff line number three, I haven't Mm -hmm. even, like, I've only seen it in my drone. There's a whole other. Gosh, that's just like going down even further. Yeah, it keeps going and going. Wow. But it's a really awesome really awesome crag it gets morning shade afternoon sun mm-hmm. uh there's a beautiful lake right in front of it uh it's quite close to town mm-hmm. realistically like it's about the same distance as you would if you're going to pass lake it's just like a hair further in terms of time mm-hmm. to drive uh you're not close to the highway so you, you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere totally um yeah, just a really awesome spot, mm-hmm. and you you've spent a lot of time there too. Yes, indeed. Like what yeah. what was your what was your first impression of the outbreak wall? That's a good question. I'm trying to think when I was my first time to the outbreak wall. It would have been, I guess, spring of 2020, probably. Yeah, probably. You started going there, or no, would have been spring of 2021. You started going there, fall of 2020, right? I started going there in 2018. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know it went that far back. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So 2018 was, so I like, I'm constantly exploring for new cliff lines. Mm-hmm. So I have like a bunch of topple maps that I'm looking at mm-hmm. and I'm marking down all these places to go check out. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally in 2018, it was time to check out this cliff line. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, this place is going to be epic. Mm-hmm. I can easily drive to it. And mm-hmm. it was just the next spot on my list to check out. Mm-hmm. So 2018 was when I first drove down that road and saw the cliff. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is the next thing totally. like in, in this region. And oh my God, was it ever like I hiked in right away. Mm-hmm. The most intense bush ever. <laughs> like it was really hard to get to the cliff line. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw the cliff line, I was like, okay, this is, this truly is going to be like one of the best crags in the region um so started just slowly slowly working on the trail system mm-hmm. that was the initial thing and it took three years of working on the trails and that brings us up to right like the pandemic time and mm-hmm. that's when i started bringing more people because mm-hmm. finally there was a cliff uh, a trail to get in there mm-hmm. and i was like people have to check this out now and i need friends to mm-hmm. like to partner up with to to help me put this stuff up Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started bringing you guys in, right? Yep. Yeah, that would have been when I showed up. Yeah, and then we yeah. we 
got got right at her got right at it yeah non-stop fun and joy yeah totally right? yeah well, you were mentioning pillars i was just thinking about like topping out uh pitch one of critical communication yeah. being like oh dang it's a pillar <laughs> it's a pillar it's hadn't separated even, hadn't even realized that it was freestanding until we got uh got a pitch up and and realized that pitch two took you to like a a freestanding summit which a true is summit pretty cool and there's obviously more of them like yeah yeah, yeah i think that's one th- Thing that's quite unique there is that it's like columnar almost mm-hmm. it's not quite it's not not really like columnar basalt mm-hmm. uh it's diabase so it's it's different but it's mm-hmm. similar mm-hmm. but yeah it's like um very column like mm-hmm. like every i don't know what would you say like every 15 meters there's another like pillar mm-hmm. uh and then it's broken up by occasional stretches of actual wall mm-hmm. but then there's another like pillar totally chimney yeah, pillar on one side big chimney on the other. Or, yeah. yeah this is really cool Very it's cool. it's quite unique definitely yeah yeah so i mean anyone that hasn't been there yet definitely it's uh it's time to go check it out gotta check it out and i mean it's pretty exciting it was you know kind of like a not very well kept secret for a few years and like the yeah. word, word was spreading by word of mouth pretty quickly but now it's it's officially it's, it's out officially there officially out there yeah so. and there's like oh i want to say 80 climbs there um uh, let me quickly take a peek yeah there's 61 climbs and like 24 boulder problems And now there's more boulder problems and now there's more climbs. Like Mm -hmm. we just put up another five in the last week. Totally. So yeah, there's a good chunk to go do there. Absolutely. And there's routes from like five, six to five, 13. Yep. Yeah. There's there's something there for everybody. Every, every grade that you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And there's like, yeah, working on like harder projects and working on easier projects. Something for everybody there. All styles, all grades. Yeah. Yeah. And a good place to camp too which yeah. is really sweet like it uh it's that, nice that campsite a... that we made is really quite nice mm-hmm. there was some folks who came up from uh duluth this past weekend um michaela and alex and they camped out there nice and they they normally camp out at orient bay mm-hmm. um and they were so stoked nice about the outbreak wall they're like okay we're just going to stay here for the next three days cool so they just changed their their like game plan and Mm-hmm. they said that they really loved the campsite sweet yeah. awesome and i That's... told them all the people who were involved within they were like this is this is really cool like this is a community spot totally yeah that's great yeah outbreak wall outbreak wall one of the many cliffs around here totally yeah like I mean, right how spoiled are we yeah, we, we could talk <laughs> for just one. as long about any other cliff. any of the other ones totally and yeah. each one is, is orient awesome bay is unique. special Totally. Right. And I mean, even the Cloud Bluffs and Silver and yeah. Bass Lake, like they all have their, their place. Oh, the, I love them. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, Bluffs, absolutely. right in town, Silver Harbor, the least bug, by the way, if you're if you're looking to get somewhere with like the fewest of the bugs, go mm-hmm. to Silver Harbor. Mm-hmm. Um, nice and breezy. Yeah. But stellar rock, right? Totally. Like awesome single pitch, cragging, mm-hmm. sport, mix. Mm-hmm. trad splitter cracks there really good classic faces i can't say enough good things about silver harbor totally. spend a lot of time there 
And Pass Lake, right? Like we have the only sandstone cliff in Ontario mm-hmm. right here. Absolutely. And it's jam-packed with sport routes. Totally. Yeah, more yeah. and more all the time. And like they're getting beautifully retro-bolted with yeah. winds. And yeah, thanks to Pat. Thanks to Pat. Yeah. yeah. it's uh, And never mind, uh, you know, Jody oh. putting the team on his back and buying the place. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like good on him. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember mentioning to him, I'm like, Jody, Pass Lake is for sale. And he was like, what? <laughs> and he bought it soon after mm-hmm. uh, good on him like with the goal of just maintaining it for climbers that it wouldn't go to somebody else mm-hmm. uh, who would then say that there can't be climbing there totally um, yeah Jody is quite quite the guy mm-hmm. non-stop supporting of the community and he's put up some crazy lines right totally yeah yeah yeah, back to that, the point about, like, the people crushing it in the early 2000s. Yeah. Jody would definitely be on that Jody's list. Jody's on that list. Steve yep. Charlton, who yep. I'm going to go pick up from the airport later. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he did nonstop. And he still isn't stopping, right? Totally. Like, yeah. He comes back all the time. We're planning to put up a four-pitch route next to Colossus. Like, that's his goal for coming up. He's like, mm-hmm. I just want to go finish this project I've had in mind for a while. Mm-hmm. It's coming up just for that. Totally. Yeah, guy gets like a three-day weekend and just <laughs> missions on yeah. up here from Southern Ontario. That's Let's awesome. go to Orion Bay and hang on some ropes. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, it is. It's that stoke for this region, right? Like, And people who haven't been here don't quite know. Like, mm-hmm. They don't know how good it is. Totally. Um, but people have probably like started to hear about it. And if you've looked through like the old book if it was on a shelf or something and mm-hmm. you can kind of see what it's like but you don't really know until you're here mm-hmm. i've heard this time and time again from people as soon as they come it's like a destination that they'll keep coming back to mm-hmm. yeah yeah like it doesn't it doesn't have the rep that other places do so it, it's hard to get that first visit but once yeah. you make the first visit <laughs> once then, you make it then you turn into yeah. steve and you start yeah you know, spending all you're your free time up here. forever totally but what's really cool about the fact that it's not as popular as some of the other places is that you literally, you quite literally have the entire crag to yourself 99% of the time. Totally. Right? Like the fact that you can be at such a beautiful cliff, regardless of which cliff it is, mm-hmm. um, jam-packed with high quality lines. Mm-hmm. And you might see like another party or two. Totally. Which it's it's really beautiful to um, to hang out with groups of people, mm-hmm. like to make the connection. As climbers, we love to make those connections. But it's also it's so so something special to be able to like have that wilderness experience. Totally. Um, so close to town. Absolutely, and not not be like waiting in line for routes. Yeah. And not having to worry about you know there not being enough space to park. And Absolutely. All that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're super fun. We're very spoiled. We're very spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's amazing. I love it. Totally. Yeah. I can't even see myself. Like I've gone to a lot of different places, mm-hmm. and I've often thought to myself, like I'm not tied down to anything as mm-hmm. a, as. A, an individual i'm somebody who can like bounce around pretty easily mm-hmm. um so when i travel i sometimes think to myself like oh is this the next place that i'm gonna go live for mm-hmm. a while but like thunder bay pulls me back immediately mm-hmm. like i'm like no 
this isn't as good as Thunder Bay. Like, it's good for a trip, all mm-hmm. these different places. I love going on trips. Mm-hmm. But uh, Thunder Bay has a good combination of not only the climbing, but the community is quite unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the cost of living is pretty affordable compa- compared to a lot of other places. Totally. So it just ticks off a lot of the boxes where you're like, yeah, this this is home. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. Awesome. Well, you said you mentioned climbing outside of Northwestern Ontario, and I mean we mm-hmm. can we can agree that like Northern Ontario is amazing, and other places are amazing too, and there, we don't there need to be a comparison. But let's talk about some of the other awesome places you've been to because you've been all over the place. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. There's so many good. I like to make a point of going on a trip every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the shoulder season here, mm-hmm. and even before I moved up here, I would go like constantly. When I lived in Southern Ontario, the easiest places to go road tripping were like um, Red River Gorge in Kentucky mm-hmm. and a few other crags in Kentucky, a few other areas. Uh, the New River Gorge in West Virginia, the Gunks in New York. Mm-hmm. So I'll go to those places quite often. Um, and then since moving up here, oh, and I'd also gone to like Squamish mm-hmm. uh, and places like that when I lived in Southern Ontario. But even more so like living here mm-hmm. as soon as i moved here um there's a very prominent shoulder season where like pretty much not you could go climbing mm-hmm. but there's could like go, a solid month could go dry tooling you can go dry tooling <laughs> totally you can you'll be wet though yeah. but yeah yeah dry tooling is what you could do on the shoulder seasons here. Mm-hmm. or like hanging on a rope and mm-hmm. prying off loose rock and stuff mm-hmm. but uh yeah, a solid month to two months, usually a month and a half. I always go away during the shoulder season. At the mm-hmm. end of the winter, uh, between April and start of May, end of mid-March till start of May. Um, and then at the end of the rock season, usually all of November, mm-hmm. start, of Dece- start of December a little bit. Um, that's when I go on a road trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, and been to a lot of other like so many states mm-hmm. um i love going into the u.s because mm-hmm. there's so much diversity of the types of rock and the heights of cliffs and all these different things um yeah like south dakota is amazing mm-hmm. wyoming is really cool uh utah is probably one of my favorite places to go like i love going to utah Mm -hmm. colorado also is like really awesome Mm -hmm. like so much diversity there for the types of climbing that you could do Mm -hmm. whether you're like up in the the mountains or closer to the utah border where it's more desert like Mm -hmm. um i've been a lot to oregon uh quite a number of times uh, Squamish, I've spent a lot of time in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived there for six months straight. Mm-hmm. One, I've been there probably like a handful of trips, but um, at one point I was like, I'm going to live here for six months and just climb nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's so many cool places. I've gone to like Greece mm-hmm. and That's Israel. Overseas. Yeah. All over the place. Um, every every spot is unique mm-hmm. right and it's really cool to like get a taste for different types of climbing and different different styles mm-hmm. and 
I like to consider myself like an all around climber in that way because I've climbed on so many different types of rock. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where, where, where would you like to, what's a spot that you're like, I wonder what this is like, or. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I mean, there's climbing in the States is a, a huge hole in my resume that I, I would like to fill out. So that's on, on my to take list for sure. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I gotta go to, gotta go to Utah. Gotta go to Utah. Gotta yeah. To you're a crack climber. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to go to the Creek. Yeah. So. And there's like, even, um, in Colorado, it's a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but really good crack climbing there too. Cool. Yeah. Awesome face climbing, really mm-hmm. good sport, but also really good rock, mm-hmm. uh, crack. I mean, have you ever been to the black Canyon? No, I was going to go there with my buddy. Um, no, I haven't been to the black Canyon. Cool. It seems like a, a crazy epic place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yeah. terrifying, but crazy and epic. Yeah. You got to have your skills down for sure. And yeah. confidence. Most mm-hmm. confidence. Yeah. The only way to escape is up. Yeah. You got to, you got to <laughs> get up and out for sure. Yeah. But you have those skills cause you know how to, you know how to. Aid you climb. can always just aid climb right yeah, now. Yeah, you can aid climb almost anything. That's very true. Yeah. 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 But yeah, there's some runouts there for sure that mm-hmm. you'd want to like feel confident mm-hmm. going to. Totally. Yeah, I was going to go with my buddy Craig. Um, Derek is his first name. Uh, right after a trip to the creek, mm-hmm. he was like, let's go to the black. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I had to get back because I was guiding mm-hmm. um, soon after. But mm-hmm. He talked so much good stuff about that place, and I was cool. gonna go. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, maybe I could postpone guiding for another couple of weeks, but no, I had to be back. Yeah, because it's what I love here too as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's on the, the list too. Got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much like sap all of my income on those shoulder season trips. Mm-hmm. I make just enough money to go on a trip, mm-hmm. and then use all my money on the trip, and mm-hmm. I come back, and I'm like, okay, let's restart the cycle. Mm-hmm. Totally. Cool. Um, we should talk a little bit about just, uh, just the winter side of things. Cause I mean, you're obviously well known for writing rock books. Um, but I, I you know, outdoor skills and thrills does a lot of guiding in the winter. Plus you do a lot of climbing in the winter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love ice climbing. Totally. It's um, so fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, actually that's a, another question is, have you done much winter climbing traveling like no. traveling to ice destinations not not much a little bit but mostly i travel during the rock season or the mm-hmm. shoulder seasons mm-hmm. for rock climbing mm-hmm. um yeah we have plenty here for ice totally um so i haven't done too much traveling for winter trips mm-hmm. oh that's definitely on my list of things to do mm-hmm. um yeah Winter climbing, spend all winter here, mm-hmm. just enjoying all that there is to do. Totally, yeah, yeah. so much. And we're, yeah. so, we're so spoiled. Yeah, we have, as you know, I mean, like, the the highest quality ice. It can be cold. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be cold. <laughs> it, it can get cold. Yeah. But, like, I mean, when you compare it to some of the really awesome things about the ice here is that the approaches are really short. Mm-hmm. compared to almost any other destination mm-hmm. um and there's no avalanche danger which is huge that's huge yeah like that's a really big feature totally um and the ice is phenomenal mm-hmm. like we have every grade mm-hmm. um heights 
up to like 50 meters is like standard Mm -hmm. around here. I would say that the majority of the climbs are around 50 meters. Mm -hmm. Um, But we have climbs that are like 70, 80 meters, 90 meters, 100 meters. Mm -hmm. And there's a few that are quite a bit taller. Mm -hmm. Um, Not as many like super long multi-pitch climbs. Mm -hmm. But we have so much that you can get that like uh, mileage in. Totally. Like, yeah, you can climb hundreds of meters all in a day. Absolutely. And still be back home. Yeah. Like in the evening. Totally. We have uh, Branton West did the, the whole ice palace, palace in yeah. the day this winter. Like that's a, yeah, it's a lot of good climbing. That's a lot of good climbing. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, it's awesome. And it's cool to see that like there are like Wes Bender as an example. He's been climbing um, here for so long mm-hmm. um, and doing such hard stuff Mm -hmm. um and it's cool to see that there are still people not only his stoke but he's like spreading that out Mm -hmm. um and there's more people who are getting into a real technical side of climbing even like Mm -hmm. yourself (coughs) dipping into the mixed climbing totally right like there's not i would often say like years before knowing you as an Mm -hmm. example it was quite challenging to find a partner that wanted to go mix climbing or mm-hmm. dry tooling. Totally. And yeah, I was it was like, mostly the Americans. Yeah, they would come up here and they're awesome. Like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, yeah, the American friends who come, they're really awesome folks. Um, but yeah, we, there wasn't as many local climbers who were into that kind of, like, cutting edge stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really sweet. I don't know if you remember, like earlier this season, I was telling you, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that there's somebody that I could ask now. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to go dry tooling or something? Mm-hmm. But now it's you. <laughs> you're the one who's like asking, you're like asking me, like, hey, yeah. do you want to go? I'm like, oh, this is, this is wonderful. Totally. And you're like getting more people into it, right? Mm-hmm. You found a passion. I yeah. think that's worth highlighting as well. Like, yeah, this is an interview about me, but <laughs> um, you are someone who... Like, I, I really value the partnerships mm-hmm. um, that are made in climbing. And you're someone who I not only fully trust, mm-hmm. but your stoke is quite infectious. So I thought that's worth highlighting. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're, you're doing really cool stuff. And it's cool to hang out with people who do that kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm into, like, the, the weird niches. You know, yeah. like, the, the dry tooling and the aid climbing and whatnot, you mm-hmm. know. And you are also someone who's into those weird niches. So yeah. I, uh, I love it all, right? I appreciate that for sure. Because it's not everyone. Well, I mean, it's certainly not no. everyone that is down for a genuinely five-hour belay yeah. at the start of April, which you, <laughs> like, you very kindly held the rope for me on, yep. uh, I guess. Uh, without impatience, too. Without impatience at all, yeah. It was like keep the stoke going totally you got this keep yeah. it going yeah <laughs> don't come down absolutely even after i took multiple big scary wingers yeah. on tiny gear <laughs> you were yeah. still stoked to support still super stoked because it was so cool to see mm-hmm. right like um yeah there's not many people who put themselves in that position mm-hmm. i'm as an example like i know that i enjoy that stuff mm-hmm. uh and i try to get other people into that mm-hmm. um and not many people want to do that. Not many people want to go aid climbing. Not many people want to go ground up, like, on loose mm-hmm. stones. Uh, but there's something unique about it. Totally. Uh, so, as an example, that climb in particular, Silent Screamer, 
Um, it was just really cool to see somebody have that stoke and mm-hmm. that commitment. I was like, I'm here for the long haul. I don't care if I'm here for like nine hours on belay. <laughs> like this guy is stoked. Let's keep this going. Hell yeah. And what a cool climb that it ended up being. Totally. Both as an aid climb mm-hmm. and now as a sport climb. Absolutely. Like, yeah, same with that. And, um, laser therapy, mm-hmm. right? Like how cool is that? Climb? Super, super cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's just cool things. Yeah, we've had some really cool adventures. Definitely. A lot of them ground up. Yeah, the vast majority. <laughs> yeah. Of, yeah, the vast majority of. Yeah. yeah. Drilling on lead, going into the choss piles. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, that highlights something cool about Thunder Bay is like there is endless opportunities to do stuff like that. You know, it's, yeah. you show up to one of these other, you know, like big, super notable, super well-established areas and you can't really just easily rock up to a random piece of the cliff and start whacking in pins or start yeah. bolting on lead or something, you know? Yeah, um, it's the Wild West here. It is the Wild West. <laughs> it truly is. Yeah, absolutely. Also because, like, I mean, at some other destinations, you can't do that because there's people below you. Totally. Like, yeah, if there's too you're many gonna people kill around. somebody. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but here, it's like... Yeah, you got to tell somebody where you're going because mm-hmm. you might not end up coming back home. So you want mm-hmm. people to know because there's no one else that's going to come get you. Totally. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I had my little uh, my little radio station <laughs> set up there. I was doing a whole bunch of dropping rocks at the outbreak wall last yeah. year. And I had left a radio tied to flagger across the trail and had people radio <laughs> me when they showed up so I wouldn't drop a rock on them. Yeah. Yeah, that's key. Yeah. Totally. Right? Yeah, so it's, it's cool. This region is... Um, it's quite unique for that. And the rock is like, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like for the most part, I say going up choss piles and stuff, mm-hmm. but we could find untouched splitter lines. Totally. That are just, they're just waiting for somebody to get on them. Absolutely. Yeah. And even faces like, I mean, I've done a number of ground up and not everything has to be done ground up, like mm-hmm. wrap down. A lot of things deserve wrap down. Uh, cleaning and bolting and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but even as an example like you and i both have done ground up lead bolting Mm -hmm. right so there are walls that are like good enough for that featured enough totally that you can do that it's just yeah i think we have it all here Mm -hmm. it's pretty awesome yeah totally and right now i'm working on with uh, my buddy andy this so most of the climbing here as you know or those of you who don't know it's like pure vertical Mm-hmm. for the most part um with like if there's roofs they are like upside down staircase type roofs like just mm-hmm. straight cut edges um but now recently there's a, a line that i'm working on with andy that's like it's just got like a gentle overhang nice um yeah it's just really cool really unique totally yeah cool um well i mean We've kind of we've kind of covered the whole the whole range of of T-Bay climbing. I mean, where where do you see the future of T-Bay climbing going? Mm, that's a good question. I haven't. I don't think too much in the future. Uh, living in the moment. But yeah, definitely definitely live in the moment. A lot of times to my own uh, detriment. But, <laughs> um, let me think about that for a sec. So I mean, the future. What I could see right away is that the community is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, people. The stoke is really high, mm-hmm. and 
people's skill levels are constantly increasing. So where I could see the future of TV climbing is just that there's more people out there. Mm -hmm. So it'll be more popular constant, like the crags will get a little busier. Mm -hmm. Um, Lots of new routes are going to be put up. Like there's been 300 new climbs in the last six years, but that's probably going to double in the next six years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. The community is going to grow. Uh, more visitors are going to come. Mm-hmm. It's, it's essentially going to become a bit more popular, mm-hmm. more popular of a destination uh, in, a, in a way, but also not like, mm-hmm. cause it is still, let's call it the middle of nowhere. It's like people, travelers usually stop here when they're traveling to another destination. Mm-hmm. But I do see this as being more of a destination totally, where people come to. And just, I think, uh, so, I mean, I've been running my guiding company for however many years it's been now, almost 10 years now. Mm Um, and there's more groups now, Mm -hmm. like there's, um, the LU climbing club is starting to become a thing, Mm -hmm. right? The sending sisters is a thing. The ACC has been Alpine club of Canada has been not as active in the last few years since COVID, Mm -hmm. but they're going to ramp back up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think more of that kind of stuff. Yeah, we're just... um, It's very community-based around here. So I think just more... The standard is going to keep increasing. The number of climbers is going to keep increasing. Um, We'll find new cliffs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I think pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, I don't think there's going to be big changes. No, just. But I could be wrong. Growing. I think you're probably right. Like, just steadily growing, and I mean, it, it is cool. Like, you know, five or ten years ago, I don't remember ever running into like, you know, somebody in their converted Sprinter van in the Silver Harbor <laughs> parking lot. But like that has happened in the last couple of years, yeah. you know, and like they just they were just coming here. Yeah. And that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think that's the the major difference. So, like, yeah, 10 years ago, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 years ago, that wasn't a thing. Now it's becoming more of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we start to see that it's more of a destination uh, for people from out of town, mm-hmm. but also that the local community is growing. Mm-hmm. We have a climbing gym now mm-hmm. again. Um, there used to be the Funky Monkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when the Funky Monkey closed, there was the LU climbing wall, like mm-hmm. at University climbing wall. And that kept that going. But then uh, that was closed down. And then right at that time was when the climbing gym mm-hmm. opened up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's, yeah, once again, a facility where totally. people are. And Boulder Bear is, is like fun. It's cool to see uh, the young people getting into it right? yeah especially the kids like the young comp kids yeah. that are gonna show up and crush our projects yeah. in five years yeah they're just crushing it yeah right absolutely so who knows what the next generation is gonna be doing here mm-hmm. um i still feel very young but i'm getting older <laughs> right every year goes by mm-hmm. i'm like ah, i have a gray hair now mm-hmm. i'm like almost in my 40s um but I still feel like a kid and my energy is really good. Mm-hmm. So I'll be around for a while longer totally. um, to see how things change. But yeah, it's just cool to see right now the younger 
generation, not like kids, but the, the like just a bit younger than your age mm-hmm. group. Um, totally. How they're getting into it and their level of stoke. Totally. Yeah. And like, well, you mentioned the outdoor, the, the LU climbing club, like it really seems like the, the ebbs and flows of climbing at Lakehead have sort of followed, like when there's been a, a person there who, you know, like with someone like yes. you who shows up to Lakehead, who's already a climber and is already stoked yeah. and gets all their friends. No, like, let's, let's keep this going. Let's, let's do this. Totally. And it yeah. seems like the club is now like kind of institutionalizing that and like moving forward, there's just going to be, they're going to be pumping out people. Yeah forever now yeah it's like i think it's important to have um not only people who are stoked Mm -hmm. like that's a huge thing i think having people who are really excited about whatever activity it is totally uh but in our case climbing Mm -hmm. um but also having those like facilities or companies or organizations that are uh willing to to do that kind of stuff, like facilitate mm-hmm. those kind of programs. Mm-hmm. So having, um, yeah, Outdoor Skills and Thrills, my guiding company, having the Alpine Club of Canada mm-hmm. um, and the LU Climbing Club, mm-hmm. I think, the, and Superior Sending Sisters. And what else? Is there another? I think that yeah, might be big it. Ones, yeah. yeah. Um, I think those are really important. Totally. Yeah. And it's really cool to see. Totally. Oh, and Ice Fest. I mean, we, we, Ice did, Fest. we didn't even mention Ice Fest at all, but yeah, that's another amazing. institution that's on the list that you obviously are, you know, a huge, a huge part of keeping <laughs> going. Um, yeah. But yeah, it just, there's all these really great, uh, great things happening that just, uh, you know, need to keep on trucking and keep on building, building stoke. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. The Nipping and Ice Fest, that's another one of those things where it was like, um, the very first year that I came to Thunder Bay, I went to, I was like a participant of the Ice Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a bit of a lull, not that it wasn't running, but there wasn't. So people from the U.S. were the ones who were helping to facilitate it. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Kyra, who kept it going. Cool. Um, but the second year that I was here was when I started to volunteer and mm-hmm. help. And Kyra told me how, you know, she believed that it should be run by the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's the Nipigon Ice Fest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have their own in Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. And, like, I mean, she she was one of those people who was just like, this has to keep going. We can't let this die. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like... Yeah, it's Canada's longest-running ice climbing festival. Totally. Since 1986. Um, So for myself, that was another thing where I was just like, uh, well, if nobody's going to do it, I'll take it upon myself and I'll help keep running this thing. Like, there's no way that this should die out. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's when I started getting more involved in that. And And now you're the the director of the fest, is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the last, like... I don't know how many years, seven, eight years, cool. something like that. Uh, yeah, been running the Ice Fest with help from others. Totally. Um, yeah, it's just cool to keep these things going. And it's a lot of work. Like, the Ice Fest is a ton of work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but it's very much worth it. Yeah. This was your first, this last year was your first year. This is my first year Ice, Ice Fest. Fest, yeah. And you liked it? Absolutely, yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> totally. Yeah, super stoked. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking forward really to cool. next year already. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's really fun. Like, yeah, there's something about T-Bay and I think it's like, uh, the quality of the climbing here and the quality of the community. Mm-hmm. There's some downsides like it's, really cold in the winter mm-hmm. and it's really buggy in the summer mm-hmm. but there's not many other like downsides no there's you know we could talk about like um culturally socially there's a lot of things about northwest ontario that mm-hmm. we could talk about totally um that could definitely use improvement Certainly. but keeping this on a, on a climbing in a, in a climbing conversation we are quite fortunate where we are. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, well, on uh, on that note, do you have any any advice to give to you know future climbers in Butter Bay, current climbers that want to up their game, folks from elsewhere that want to up their game, anything like that? Mm, some advice: just get out climbing. Um, do if you if you like climbing get out climbing Mm -hmm. there's lots there's lots to do Mm -hmm. there is there would be some value in uh stretching Mm -hmm. um (laughs) drink drink your water Mm -hmm. that'll help like right now as i'm drinking my coffee yeah i should be drinking the water that's right right beside it but all those things i would suggest like um as we get older our bodies don't uh jump back as quickly Mm mm-hmm that's one thing that I'm starting to realize is like, oh, why didn't I stretch all these years? Uh, totally. I'm still really flexible, but I could feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, same with like hydration. Uh, stay hydrated. If you want to learn things, um, there is significant value in taking courses. Definitely. There's a big reason why I started the guiding company. Uh, with Outdoor Skills and Thrills, the, the goal essentially is to teach people the skills that they need to know or Mm -hmm. want to know to be able to have a long happy climbing life totally and to be able to keep exploring new terrain and pushing themselves uh so if you're in the thunder bay region come out with me Mm -hmm. uh, with outdoor skills and thrills um it's really fun it's really awesome i could teach you a whole bunch of different stuff Mm mm-hmm but there's a lot of other resources as well. Like if you're listening from not in T-Bay, if you're from somewhere else, look up your local guiding companies. There's also significant value in mentors. Totally. Uh, like I said, like I got into it from a buddy who my brother's friend who was like, yeah, I'll take you out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very fortunate in that he was highly skilled and really knew what he was doing um because it could go the other way if you're going out with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing um yeah i've seen a lot of bad practices Mm -hmm. um in my years i've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of people almost die totally i have seen people kick it um in not in not a good way Mm -hmm. um so we are kind of balancing on the edge of life and death. Totally. Uh, it could either be super safe or super unsafe. And you want to keep it safe to be able to keep doing it. 
definitely for years and years to come so that's my that would be some like advice that i give is like really enjoy the activity Mm -hmm. but also um really learn what you need to stay safe definitely a big thing that i see a lot of people here as an example is most people wear helmets here Mm -hmm. um which is phenomenal um but there's a lot of people who don't wear helmets Mm -hmm. And that's just like one thing that's like a simple thing that you can do is like some basic safety gear. Um, totally. Know what you're doing and don't feel weird doing it. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like doing your buddy checks, like don't feel awkward doing a buddy check. Like do it every single time, you know, put on your helmet, um, all these different things. Take courses, take lessons. One of the weird things these days is like everything is on online. So you can like YouTube Mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. But again, it's like take that with a grain of salt. Definitely. Yeah. Because there's really good info out there, but there's also really bad info out there. Mm -hmm. And unless you know, you would have no idea. You'd just be like, yeah, that's what this website told me or that's what this... uh, instagram post showed me or whatever mm-hmm. um so yeah i would say yeah stay focused on what on what you're doing like get out there mm-hmm. and have fun and stay safe totally yeah those are words to live by <laughs> for sure awesome well thanks so much man it's been uh it's been a real pleasure yeah dude and uh well i mean we're just going to have to go out and uh, rope up here soon. Going to have to go climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Like, and Oh, and well, before we sign off, of course, I mean, A, as Eric said, you know, uh, you know, guided uh, experiences are, are absolutely worth their, their money. And especially, you know, if you're someone who's looking to expand your skills and, and learn things, hitting up uh, guides like Eric to, to learn the right way to do stuff is absolutely a valuable investment in the rest of your life. And if you're someone who already knows what's up, then, uh, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get to the crag if you don't know where to go. And so you best pick yourself up a copy of, uh, Thunder Bay Climbing second edition. Yeah. Um, it's Thunder Bay Climbing, a guide to Northwest Ontario's best kept secret. There you go. Go get it. Uh, available through you. Yep. And through myself, um, outdoorskillsandthrills.com. You could find it there. Uh, you could also find it at Wilderness Supply, the local gear shop. Uh, you could find those online as well. And it's, uh, so I just released it, this book. Uh, but it is, I'm starting to contact all the different uh, stores and climbing gyms and different places. Uh, so it'll be kind of all over. Yeah, almost every gear shop throughout the country should have it soon. Um, also in the U.S., Lots of gear shops, lots of climbing gyms. But uh, yeah, get it directly off me if you want. Totally, yeah. yeah support support guidebook authors. It's a it's a labor of love. Yeah. They're not. Uh, it's not a get rich quick scheme. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Support your local guidebook authors, and I'll put uh, I'll put links in the show notes to all the ways that you can get a hold of Eric. Super sweet. Cool. All right. Well, thanks, buddy. Yeah, dude. See you on the rock. Yeah.
there you have it. It's uh, pretty clear to anyone listening that Eric's passion just shines through. He obviously uh, cares so much about climbing, about climbing at Thunder Bay, and about the community. Um, it's it's really just great. I mean, where would the climbing scene be in Thunder Bay without Eric? We don't even know. Um, so uh, that's just fantastic. And I hope that everyone has a chance to pick up a copy of the book. You will not be disappointed, I assure you. Eric has put literally thousands of hours into into this project, especially if you include book one, but even just book two, you know, he was slaving over that thing all spring and the final product is here and it is fantastic. So hope that everyone has a chance to check it out and stay tuned for information about the release party, which is going to be coming up in a little over a week. And uh, otherwise hope to see folks out at the cliff in the next few weeks here because it is absolutely beautiful out. All right. Take care, everybody.